Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. My name's Dan, thank you for coming back. Nine facts on the way for you. We'll try and distinguish whether they're amazing and worth telling someone or if they're dross and deserve to be chucked into the bin of nonsense. Uh, on my side, I've got stuff for you about uh, gators, about kakapos, and about the Führer. Uh, Mark, what do you have? Thank you. Uh, I know that Connor loves a ramble intro, so I will keep mine as concise as possible. Cars, milk, noodles. And Connor, can you beat that concise three words? Oh, I'm excited for that. Right, that them three facts sound good to me. Um, I'm going to go, go nice and simple. Frogs, Japan, Russia. Covering everything. Frogs, Japan, Adolf Hitler. Loads more. Stick around. It's a brand new episode of Baffle. How have you been? Fine, thank you. How are you? I thought maybe we spent a lot of the podcast moping about each other and groaning and, and sniping away. So I thought I'd open it with some convivial chat and you've thrown it back in my face. Connor, how are you? Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Are you, you doing okay? You're tired today, aren't you? You've had a busy day today. Yeah, that's all right. That, that can stay this side of the curtain. I think. Oh. Uh, Connor, there you go. You're in such a cheerful, chipper mood. You're feeling so good. What's your first fact of the show, boy? Um, so Japan is definitely the best place to live, and it's because of this fact. Did you know that Japanese railways hand out certificates for delays of more than five minutes? So the idea behind it, uh, Japanese trains, they uh, like to be very punctual. They pride themselves in Japan on timings of public transport. Um, and they really try to adhere to that standard. Um, but if there is a delay, you get something called a delay certificate handed to you by people that work on the railway line. The idea of that is that when you turn up to school, maybe work, you can just instantly prove by your certificate that you're late and you have no more questions asked. Great idea. So it's like I mean, a, there, there it's is like not enough. Note. Yeah, there's not enough paper in the world for the UK railways to do that, though. That's the well, issue. You know what I mean? Exactly. You do it over here. You, 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 you yeah. You're just you. They're constantly getting certificates. Continuous. There's always delays. But Japan, brilliant you come idea. For the facts. You stay for political satire. Um, I'm, 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 I'm loath to carry on down the path that we've been doing recently in Baffled. What with the Connor explains episode about petrol of of us just this just being a sniping session on the government that we don't really know that much about. Uh, so that's all you get. You don't get anything for it. You don't get compensation. No, so it's so it's a five-minute delay certificate, basically. So anything over five minutes, if you're going into, like, I think they do it in the UK as well, like 15, 20-minute territory, then, yeah, you can get compensation. That's a pretty universal thing. Uh, most train lines, from looking at this fact I've read, seem to give you compensation when it's over around about 15, 20 minute delays. But you know that those little ones, sometimes you might have the, you know, the sticky boss that's you walk in five minutes late. They're always kind of eyeing you up as to sort of say, why are you late? Well, you just deliver the certificate on their desk and there you go. That's why I'm late, mate. That's why I'm late. Have that one. 
Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I am that kind of boss who like, you walk in five minutes late from your training and it's like, good afternoon, I'm that guy. I am that guy that everyone hates, yeah. but I'm fine well, with it. The, the thing is, this works in your hand, but it also doesn't because if you're late and you're feeling a bit stressed about it, you know you've got your certificate to help you out. But what about those times where you just want to lie? You know, you're running a little bit late. You overslept. You, you may be hung over. Got to find yeah. a new or if you go, if you go, oh, the train was delayed. Where's your certificate? I I have a few problems with this. One, I think it's too much of a humble brag. Oh, our trains are so fast. Like, do we have any stats about how many certificates they issue? If it's one, then it's like the most irritating humble brag ever. That's, oh, this that's, the- that, I've got a problem with that. Well, this is the thing. Japanese trains are the most punctual in the world. That is first sentence. I'm not making that up. It's stated in every single bit of this fact that I read about. Extremely punctual. So, you know, over here, we're not extremely punctual when it comes to train times. They'd be issuing them a lot. I think in Japan, it's quite rare. But the idea of it is if you are late due to trains, they issue a certificate, they hold liability, they put their hands up and, and you can walk into work a little bit late. Also, five minutes is too short. I think if your bus is yeah. moping that you're five minutes late, I know that the Japanese do have a crushing problem of overwork, but if you're walking into work five minutes late and your boss is chipping off, you need to get yourself a new job. Terrible, yeah, terrible management see, style. That's the way I'm you think of it. The way I think also, of it, it, it's too, it, it. I was going to say, the way I think of it is if you were needing a certificate for five minutes late, just get out five minutes earlier in the morning. I'm sure trains are regular enough that it doesn't matter if you're five minutes late. If you are relying on it to be pinpoint accurate for you to get to work on time, get up early. I... It, it adds both it adds more evidence to the fact file of why you'd be a terrible boss mark you're also the type of person that shares on instagram when their email title has changed so yes, I am. you know I th- yeah you're you're that person oh look at this i'm now the uk product manager yeah okay brilliant we all care thank you delete and <laughs> I, ju- uh, I, I, I i it's too much wastage it's unnecessary wastage i just think it's a humble brag i think it's i think it's pointless they may have caught me in a gripey mood but i, th- I think i think it's pointless it is taken just short of about six minutes for Dan to just rip apart something that Mark's up to in in life. And it's wonderful to hear. There's there's Mark, like, really proud of his new job title. There's Dan, like, yeah, no one cares, deleted. Mark's up pretty Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's like two years old, that I just post, think Dan. T- Get over it, all right? It's been two years. Job titles never need to be shared on Instagram. Oh, if you're valuing your career in job title... Right. Hold on, hold on, Mark. You actually done the post. I thought he was sarcastically saying this. You actually done the post. No. I, d- I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, to be Switch fair, me. to be fair to me, to be fair to me, at the time when I mentioned it, I didn't remember it. I just I had a hunch, and I, now he's I, I mentioned it. I'd, I I, I do don't remember, it. remember ever doing. Uh, it. I did, did. I. I honestly don't actually remember. I'm just playing along for the bants, mate. Stop valuing your job by your title. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and I, I think it's too much wastage. I uh, can't be dealing with this fastidious, overbearing management. But hey, the Japanese trains are very impressive. Maglev, it's fantastic. So well done, them. Mark, what's your first fact of the show? UK drivers are the most optimistic in the world for one pure fact. Per capita, the UK has the most number of convertible cars per driver. I've got a convertible. Of course you do. How often do you actually go with the roof down, right? The weather in the UK is horrific. How often are you driving? 
roof down. It's funny you say that because we have spoke about, so my mum my is currently looking at getting a new car. Me and my dad are really into cars. So there's been the whole discussion. What do you want? Dad's like, get a convertible. Mum posed that exact question. Well, how often do you have the roof down? You find yourself when you have a convertible more so, but in the UK, it's very much, you know, hoodie on, big body warmer on as well, heating coming out and roof down. It's one of the typical Brit things, you know? few extra stats for you 64 percent of convertible drivers admit that they very rarely take their tops down 17 percent of women and 27 percent of men admit they've never taken the top down why buy a convertible car that is more expensive cost you more to insure if you're never going to take the top down i think i do completely agree with this because you know like i have a convertible i have a classic car and i prefer that model of the classic car in a convertible so therefore i've got it and i do put the roof down as well i do but i'm i'm with you here why buy a convertible car when you have no intention of actually ever having the roof down there's so many people because it actually looks worse a convertible car actually does look worse with the roof up than a non-convertible car so if you're not going to have it down what's the bloody point it's true i think probably if you're getting convertible it might not be your main car it's like how you know if you're going skiing you're rich because no one's going skiing on their first holiday of the year so there is that to it, as in you're getting a convertible because it's, you know, it's a nice second car to have when it's hot. Uh, how much, I've never been in a convertible, what's the faff of doing it? Like, is it a big old heave-ho to, to well, take the top well, down? For, well, for me, I've got a car from 1988. So yeah, it's completely manual. It's aggravation for me. I have to manually do it. In a brand new Mercedes, you literally push a button, you have to do under about 20 miles an hour and the whole thing does it for you. It's incredible. But I do think that convertible cars come into your life when you reach a certain level of sunbeds. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. There is a direct correlation there. Yeah, well, it's a very Essex thing, you know. Max out on sunbeds per week. Convertible car comes in your life. Bit of teeth whitening, bit of a quiff, and bosh, you're ready to go. Welcome to Brentwood. I'd love to have a convertible. Because, because it's one of the things where it shows that you're a lover of life. Like, you're not getting involved in the... Um, like, you're not letting a couple extra quid on the insurance. You're not letting the fact you might not use it every day. It's still a practical car. You can still drive it. But on the days when it is hot, you're optimistic, as you say, Mark, and you want to take it down. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. But also, as well, there isn't really... And I hate to be the one who puts a downer on this, but I've always felt... Even being a convertible car owner, my dad has a convertible car as well. Doesn't run in the family. It's, it's not genetic. Yeah. But there is, there is not really the right place for a convertible car. England, really, really bloody cold. Spain, way too hot for a convertible car. You want to have the roof up and like air con, you know, like it's really hard to find where, an, where a convertible car fits in the world. I think. California, driving down LA, palm trees. Mm. That's, the, that's the home of a convertible. Not bloody Brentwood on a rainy Tuesday when there's just mist in the sky. Absolutely. Mark. Yes. Mark, there's, 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 there's no, you know, being around this. We all know, all the listeners know that you, you do have ginger hair. Your pigmentation, you know, you have to wear a lot of... What, what sort of sun cream level are we talking with a convertible car in LA? What, what sort of nightmares oh, are you having? Uh... I mean, I'm I'm not because at that point I would install a shower in my in in, in my LA uh, pad, which would basically dispense pure Factor Fifty in liquid form, which I could <laughs> rub into my pale body every single morning. That's right, ladies, take that image. I tell you what, if you're making enough money to live in LA in a swanky pad, there, what is your job title saying on the email there? And, oh, 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 it's, it's, it's a good. I tell you C- what. E- that's that's oh. getting a post and a feed. That's what that's getting, a post and a feed. Mark would so be that guy at work, wouldn't he? It'd be like typical. Everyone's in the staff room like, 
can you believe boss Mark? Like keep up the post that he's the CEO and he drives a f***ing convertible in LA, dickhead. Yeah, I know. Driving down, but Katy Perry blasting out. That's, that's what we're doing, it. California girls, just on repeat. By the way, if you're playing baffled bingo right now, you can put a little tick in the box that said, of where Connor's said that he's got a classic car. All that's left is for me to say I was in Harry Potter. There you go. My first fact of the show. Like, I don't know if this is insensitive or not. Got to go with it. Now, Adolf Hitler employed 15 women to act as food tasters, checking his food for poison. Wow. I mean, wow. I want to be, be surprised, but it's Hitler. You know what I mean? Who needs 15? Who needs 15? Well, what if one dies and you've only got 14 left? Well, I think they were It tasting, saves a rehiring like, process. It wasn't every meal. Like, they were, it, it, like, when food got shipped into him, then they would eat, like significant bits from that but they didn't know what was going they just kind of got picked by the local mayor and then got carted off to where he lived really i think raging scumbag yeah you heard it here first yeah raging scumbag connor's hot takes on despots from history connor what do you think of pol pot oh yeah awful awful geezer oh pol pot see the one who had his he had his teeth done didn't he i remember him yeah i feel really sorry for pol pots because I he didn't don't really feel sorry for Paul talent. Potts. He's still touring. He's an incredible... What are you talking about? He's, he's been probably doing weddings for 500 quid a pop. Probably more than that. He, he's an incredible singer. And what's he remembered for? The fact when he got some money, he got his teeth done. I guarantee you now, we could. We could definitely get Paul Potts on here. 100%. No doubt about it. I reckon we could lock in Paul Potts. I reckon he drives a convertible. Definitely drives a convertible. I'm aware that... Uh, maybe you listening might not be of the age of popular culture when you're really that keen on who Paul Potts is. He was, I think he was the first ever winner of Britain's Got Talent. There you go. When I saw this fact, it made me think, if you could pay money for anyone in the world to do one thing, Hitler's make, I mean, I assume he's not paying them, let's be fair. But uh, terrible bloke, horrible geezer, Adolf Hitler. Uh, he's making this woman eat his food for him. Connor, if you're paying one person in the world, if you're paying someone to do one thing for you, what is it? It comes to like chore type things. It would, it would definitely be full body massages on click, but that's less of this type of thing. I would be um, bed sheets being changed because that is just admin and aggravation. Uh, it, it does my head in. It's difficult work. Right, you're, there's no way you're changing your bed sheets. Your mum's doing that. You still live at home. No, I change my bed sheets. I might still live at home. I'm about to move out, but I'm complete. I've re- they started to ease away the things they've done for me to teach me about moving out. You say that as if that was like a mutual decision. They just said to you, no, we're not doing it anymore. You're 25, sort your life out. Yeah, that did happen. Very quickly before I ask Mark this question, um, you might not know Connor is in the process of rent, getting a new flat. He's finally moving out. How hard has it been going on right move? Is there a um, is there a little criteria where you can search for a poo palace? No comment. Okay. Have you managed to get? Have you managed to find a poo palace? Let's just say estate agents up and down London are aware that there is somebody on the market with raging IBS. <laughs> with direct access from bed to poo place. Yeah. Uh, Mark, if you, if, you, if you could have someone do, if you could pay someone to do one thing in the world for you, what would it be? Stroke his ego and remind him of his job role. Two words. Mark will, Mark will, just, ring, Mark will just ring them up straight away and go, oh, yeah, just tell me my job role just a few times. Thank you. If I could pay someone just to look after the admin I have to deal with, trying to ring, wrangle you two for recordings and sending me facts to put in the Google Doc, 
That's what I would pay. Pay someone to get you oh. two to sort your bloody admin out. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One second, lads. This poor woman has been dragged away from her home to try food for Adolf Hitler on the thing that it might be poison. You're bleating on the uh, uh, spreadsheets not been updated. My word. Hey, I you, asked, be... you asked what I would pay one person to do. That is it. I hate to be the one that says this, but I would rather have worked for Hitler than do that, genuinely. Connor, what's your second fact of the show? Russia only classified beer as an alcoholic drink in 2011. No vodka, is it? No vodka. So, remarkably, before then, any drink with less than 10% alcohol was considered what they called food stuff. Just food stuff. Just food stuff. It all comes, obviously, off the back of a lot of people will know. If you don't know, well, here's another piece of information for you. But Russia's known for its extremely high levels of alcohol um, in lots of drinks. Vodka, like you're looking at sometimes 90% plus in proof. So for them, beer, yeah, it's nothing. It's, it's, it, you know, they drink beer when they're playing football. They'll go on the sidelines and have a sip of beer. Beer's just known as food stuff. Yeah, don't worry about it. Whatever. Less than 10%. Bearing in mind a 7% beer in the UK is almost illegal to serve. Uh, I enjoy the fact it's called food stuff. That's quite a, a lyrically fun name for it. Just food stuff, as you say. Yeah, just food stuff. Just food stuff. Would you like anything else with that, sir? Just some food stuff. Then you get a beer. But yeah, less than 10%. I wonder, um, do you reckon it's listed recent. on the sides rather than on the drink menu going to a restaurant? I'll have a side of beer, please. Yeah, it did get me thinking. I wonder whether it's like a strange thing in Russia if you go and sit down for dinner and don't order alcohol. I wonder if it's like... Really? No alcohol? Soft drinks? Really? There's soft drinks out there. That's true. Do you imagine it would have had the same... Not that there's a huge social stigma attached to booze in this country. We love a pint. But, you know, if it's 11 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday and you're at your office desk and you crack out a beer, you're probably getting funny looks. I don't know, Mark, you would probably reprimand your employees very uh, much so if they no, did that. I, I, I'm the one that's normally getting the funny looks. So, do you reckon they'd have been pretty chill with it, though? Do you reckon they are pretty chill with it? Oh, what you think? Do I think somebody's being is chill that they can crack a beer at half eleven on a Wednesday morning at work? Do I think? Ru- do you think Russians are pretty chilled if you do that? Russia's mental. You do whatever you want out there. What are you talking about? Russia's just, yeah, I mean, I think everything that is completely strange in the UK is 100% acceptable in Russia. Russia is a country that does baffle me quite a lot because it's massive. There's not a lot of people in there and they do get up to some weird things like this, don't they? Yeah, really weird things. Like drinking beer at half 11 at work. They'll be like, yeah, crack me one. No problem. Get through the day. Mark, what's your second fact of the show? There is an award for Hero Milkman of the Millennium. Wait, what? It was won by a guy called Steve Leach. He was awarded Hero Milkman of the Millennium because while he was doing his rounds, he saw a shop on fire in Cornwall. So he used 320 pints of milk to put it out, saving the lives of the people in the flats above and saving seven other stores too. What year was this, do you know? This was, this is pretty recent. This isn't like, I don't have it written down because that would have been useful. I think it was around 2008 or something. I'm surprised he didn't meet Carol Valdeman on Pride of Britain, to be honest with you. So eight years, eight years into the new millennium, as a guess, they've decided who's the milkman of the millennium. Wow. Sometimes you just know it. You just know it. They're disregarding, got to get it. They're disregarding 990 years worth of potential incredible milkman deeds and giving it to Steve already. 2002. So two, two, two years. I mean, they've, pe- they've peaked way too soon. 
they've got way too excited too early. Is this something that has con- continued? Is, are we getting this yearly, are we? Well, no, calm. Not if it's for the millennium. Well, no, it's Hero Milkman of Millennium. Yes, and there'll be another one. It's done. Sorted. So, year three. That. Year 3000 is when the next one is, but who knows if we're going to have milkman because we all know we're all going to be swimming underwater. I want to know what his process was. Did he immediately reach for the milk? Did he try to make a, a, a like a 999 call straight away? Did he see if there was any water knocking around? Or was, you know, this man is using his one great superpower. He can't fly. He can't shoot webs out of his hands. What he can do, he's got pints and pints and pints of so, milk. So commenting on it, he said, I kicked the door in and started pouring milk everywhere. It was hard work opening all those bottles as they have tamper-proof lids on. It was even harder trying to explain to my boss where all the milk had gone. I'm unsure I believe it. Okay, you're messing with the milkman of the millennia. Like, that is seriously tough. Like, it's a roaring, roaring flames, like roaring flames. And he's got a couple of pints of milk every couple of minutes that he's throwing on it and he managed to put it out, right? Because, I mean, the, the system of which he's... 320 pints. The system right? of which he's throwing it getting another one throw like I can't see how that beats the fire that's what I don't understand it's actually the the the, the kind of how it it, it works that I'm not the, understanding the delivery ironically for a milk delivery man you're confused about the delivery of the milk to the fire yeah I'm a bit well, I just can't understand how he's beaten blazing flames that are that require, you know, quite a big team of firemen to usually put out with lots and lots and lots of water how that's an incredible system he's got going there. Like, I mean, that's quick. It's true, and they had tamper-proof lids on, so you know, it's, it's got to get through them as well. Yeah, well done. Mate, to, what's his name? If, uh, Steve Leach. If you Steve really Leach. want, I can send you the article, mate. It's on dairyindustries.com. Brilliant. How how pla- you how the place you for all your milk news? I'm just a, just a question here. A little bit of a insight yes. for people listening. How the bloody hell did you end up on that website in your fact-finding missions, Mark? <laughs> Do you, do you not subscribe to the newsletter? No. Oh. I'll send you a link, mate. Oh, right. okay. I'll send you a link. Like, what the hell? There's some really good stories in there. Sometimes they're really moving. No, you could have come up with something better than that. You could have, we could, you could have done something better. I know, but I didn't want to milk it. How dare he? Connor, what, you, what you're misunderstanding here is this isn't just any award. It's not the Pride of Britain Awards. It's the Milkman of the Millennium. Hero Milkman of the Millennium. Not just the Milkman of the Millennium. The hero milkman of the milk. You have to go above and beyond. Time for my second fact of the show. Connor, if you could have a boy or a girl as your baby, Dylan, what would it be? Girl. A girl called Dylan. No, no, just a girl. Not called Dylan, obviously. Okay. Mark, any preference? Uh, boy. Yeah, someone to order about. Next one in line. Mm. Uh, well, a- alligators can decide. This is pretty cool. Uh, the hatchlings are based purely on temperature. At 86 fat degree Fahrenheit or lower... All the babies will be female. At 93 degrees Fahrenheit or higher, they'll all be male. And there's obviously a little gap in the middle there of, what, seven degrees where it's hard to tell. But the mum, she can sense changes in temperature and will alter her nest to maintain the perfect temperature for the uh, the sex that she wants. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. I am surprised at your enthusiasm with this, Connor. No, I think that's really cool. That's just really incredible animal science stuff that I never knew. You can literally dictate the... Like that is beyond phenomenal. They can dictate the sex of the baby based on temperature. I mean, there's probably no other species in the world that can perform that, right? I don't know. I think quite, I think a few might be able to. I'm really annoyed, though, that when Charles Darwin um, was writing his book on evolution, he didn't call it weird science sh- 
like you just did. That would have been fun. Uh, does, is, yeah, it's quite amazing. You have to wonder what the point of it is. Like, what's the point? What's the point in deciding an alligator's sex? Well, sometimes you've had two girls. You just want a boy, you know, just to even it out. The mum doesn't have to try for ages, years and years and years and years, and child and child and child to make sure she's finally got a girl. But it's also sizing as well, isn't it? Like the the size of gay is based on their their gen, like whether one's female or male is is based on the size, and you don't know if there's something to do with like the pack, where they travel in pack. You never know with with animals, don't you? They travel in big crews you don't know why they would want one do you know do you know uh, that that made no, no sense bet- to me mate what, what? no 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 so I, I don't know where i've seen this read this or watched this or whatever but i think alligators depending on their gender have, uh, have a, a very different size what like either really really long if they're male really short if they're female their tails are different the way they're male everything about them so i can imagine there might be something there to do with like the food chain, whether one's more powerful, whether they need another male, I don't know. Talking about your baby Dylan earlier on, I've always wondered whether animals have different names for their child, their children like humans do. Like, does an alligator have a specific clicking noise for one child over another? Yeah, uh, there's definitely an alligator called John. I reckon so. They look like a John. What, what sound would an alligator make to call his child John? I have absolutely Connor. no idea. Connor, do the animal sound. Do the animal sound, Connor. It's a big bite. Hello and welcome to A to Z of Men, a brand new podcast that helps explain, well, men. Each week, myself, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. We take on a different letter of the alphabet. What? In order? Yeah, in order. We will find a word that best describes men that starts with that letter. So it's basically like a guide. Like a guide, yeah, that's correct. This will really help me explain myself to the wife. We tackle topics such as mental health, stereotypes and stupid things us men do. Don't forget sex. Oh, and sex. Plus, you can send in your words, stories and, well, anything to A2Z, it's the number two, A2Z of men at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and TikTok at A2Z of men. So join us each Wednesday as we create the A to Z of men. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. 
Check out our entire selection of FBP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Remember, you can always get in touch with the show, infobafflepod.com. If you've got a badge, if you want a badge, let us know, infobafflepod.com. It's on the Instagram at bafflepod, and sometimes we do TikTok too. Apparently, Mark's been very busy on TikTok, and it's time for our last facts of the week. Uh, Connor, what have you got? A frog cannot vomit. So to regurgitate their material, it first spews out its actual stomach. So the stomach comes out. It then uses its legs to push material out, and it then swallows its stomach back inside. They must do this like once in a blue moon. Once in a blue moon, but they can't actually regurgitate the material. Um, so they can't be sick. They just have to get the full stomach outside the body and then pick the bits they don't want. Not good. Can you imagine if humans did that? Yeah, it, it'd make for an interesting night out, wouldn't it? We had um, we had frog facts the other day, didn't we? Where to swallow, they use their eyes. Do you remember that? They, they push food down with their eyeballs. Just like Connor does when he has a poo, apparently. He's using his eyeballs to stop it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that probably come out of my mouth. Um, I, I kind of sit there and think I wouldn't mind a little bit of this frog thing, you know, with rage and IBS. Imagine being able to open your stomach up, pick the bits you don't want, don't want that. That makes my stomach bad. Don't want that. That gives me the shits. Don't want that. Diarrhea. There we go. Digest the rest. Well, yeah, but, uh, so weird. But I, I, th- I think Dan's right. If you imagine humans doing this, right, walking down the high, high street on a Saturday night in Newcastle, let's say, and you just see a bunch of drunk young guys and girls just stomachs out picking out the bits they don't want just no absolutely not. all outside the kebab that, shop that, you know that your description of a night out sounds like my nan's description of a night out it sounds like the description of a night out from someone who's never been on one all these drunk people outside a kebab <laughs> shop what are they doing vomiting everywhere oh, connor would you really want this i mean if you if you you know you must be a bit embarrassed by your raging irritable bowels. It makes you a bit of a pariah. I mean, this would be even worse. Well, there's, there's lots of positives to this, isn't there? Because what you're forgetting is by being able to perform this, you're able to enjoy the food initially. So let's say you've got a yeast, let's say you've got a yeast intolerance. Can't eat bread or whatever, or beer, whatever it is that yeast is in. I still enjoy it. Love the taste of it. Get it in you. Instantly get your stomach out. Pick it back out again. Don't even have to think about it anymore. I can't imagine it's that nice getting your stomach out, though. There you go. Well, it's not enjoyable, but it stops me from having the poos, and that's not nice either. So just, yeah, just, it's amazing, isn't it? it? All th- what we've learned from doing 18 months worth of Baffled now, all fucks can come back to the IBS. Everything in the world has got a little positive about Connor's dodgy bowels. If it makes the poos better, it's a win for the world. Uh, Mark, what's your last fact of the show? In South Korea, there's a day called Black Day. And it takes place on April the 14th. It's in opposition to White Day, which is a day for couples, and Valentine's Day. And it's a day where single people eat noodles to lament their loneliness. Oh, miserable. Just get, just get up and go out. It's easy. Don't bother with your noodles. Get up and go out. That's what you should be doing on Black Day. Trying to make it define them. I don't like that. No, Why do we have to have a day? Eat, eating noodles, feeling sad. Why do we have to have a day designated just... to single people? Just f*** it on my life. Hey, if couples can have a day, why can't single people have a day? Why do we need a day for couples? Just get on with your life. Because there isn't a sim- sim- single... There's St. Valentine's. St. Lonely and Miserable. 
Connor, imagine you're not current, currently in a, in a relationship and about to move in with your girlfriend. How would you feel if you were single? Would you want your own date? I love, I love being single. I don't need a day to celebrate it. Just enjoy the fact you're on your own. Do you really? I mean, when I... Uh... But by contrast, by contrast, to take that exact same logic... When you're in a couple, you don't enjoy being in a couple, so therefore you need a day to celebrate being in a couple. I don't celebrate Valentine's Day because I'm not a loser. What, what makes someone a loser for celebrating Valentine's Day? I mean, so basically, you're saying get rid of Black Day, get rid of White Day, get rid of Valentine's Day. That's what you're saying. Yeah, just get on with it. Like, seriously, who is going out on Valentine's Day spending five quid on a card from Clinton's, then probably spending another 15, 20 quid on that stupid bear that's holding a love heart saying, oh, I love you, and then goes for a really overpriced meal in London? What is the point? Maybe people in 1995 shopped in Clinton. Yeah, exactly. Just celebrate birthdays, celebrate Christmas. I do celebrate birthdays and Christmas, but I'm not paying four times on the Uber just because it's Valentine's Day. Everything goes up. On Valentine's Day, Prosecco increases in most London restaurants probably by 10%. Don't order Prosecco, mate. Oh, you two. I'm telling you now, you two are both somebody that has done a Valentine's Day and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're just being awkward. You know that it's a ridiculous day. You bloody well know it. I'm just picking holes in your logic because by this logic, you also shouldn't celebrate Christmas or your birthday. Just get off no, with it, mate. No, that's what I'm saying. Valentine's Day, you will instantly see an increase in restaurant meals. That happens. That happens. Drinks as well. That happens. They do like these all... You do know you can celebrate Valentine's Day do, at home. You they do these meal three-course meals. You know, you come for a three-course meal. It's like 100 quid. F***ing pointless. What is the point? Don't go there. Cook at what, home. and sit with Hayley and just go, oh, because it's Valentine's Day, I have to tell you that oh, I love yeah, you. Oh, yeah. Why? Seriously. Why be nice? It's just nice to have an excuse to have fun, Connor. You, at the moment, I don't think, I don't think you have any fun in your life yeah, at all. You're moping about Japanese trains being late. You're moping about the fuel in your car, the fact that you can take the top off your car, the fact you've got to be nice to your girlfriend. What's the point? Uh, why don't I just vomit my, I'll vomit my stomach out need, and be in with it. I don't need a day in my calendar and some saint to let me know that I need to tell my girlfriend I love her. I do that weekly. We do lovely day nights. On a Monday, why not? I don't need Valentine's Day to prove right. to her I love her. I don't need that. I don't need a day. I don't, I don't need a day in my diary that celebrates you getting older because, I mean, just get on Here we go. Me. Mark Head's comparing birthdays, Christmas to Valentine's Day. Remember this. Remember this moment. We're, let you be on the camera. We're recording this on a Monday, date night. Connor, it's, it's your weekly night to tell your girlfriend that you love her. Uh, what are you doing for your date night? Tonight, we are doing a Mexican night. We're doing our cookbook that we do. We pick a night and we do all of the food from that night. We're cooking together. So you're cooking at home like you could do on Valentine's Day and save yourself money. Yeah, but we usually go out on like a Thursday night, Friday night, something like that. Happy Monday. Oh, I can't believe we've got to celebrate just because someone tells me it's a Monday. Right, last fact of the show. I feel quite sorry for the Kakapo. Have you ever heard of about the Kakapo? It's my, it's my favourite of all the... Family. It's a bird from New Zealand. There's only 201 left. What's sad about the kakapo is one of the things it's known for is it smells very sweet. It's got a very sweet must that comes out of it. But the problem is it's that one smell that lets all the predators know it would be delicious to eat. So the one thing that makes it nice also makes it endangered. I feel very sorry for the kakapo. We've had an animal heavy show, Connor. How are you feeling? You're still a bit mopey because we've slagged off your date night. No, I just... I don't really care about this fact, but it's a good one to remember. 
that a kakapo does that. I've never heard of it. We'll never hear of it again. Probably no. never seen one. Mark, have you ever seen a kakapo about? Yeah, of course not. No. What about they breathe? Dagnum, do they? Yeah, six of the 201 kakapos yeah, in the world are Mark. Dagnum. Mark, yeah. so I, I, I wonder bet Mark's never been to Dagenham in his life. Absolutely not. They're from New Zealand. This is the thing. That, the thing is, the one thing that makes them such an amazing creature is also the thing that's making them endangered because they smell so... They don't stand a chance. They smell so sweet that they're just getting killed because they smell so sweet. There you go. Something to remember. Are we done? Yeah, you have. Uh, you, uh, oh, oh, uh, you, uh, how are you feeling, Connor? You got anything else? No, we're done with that. All right, okay, cool. Thank you very much for listening. That's been a brand new episode of Baffled. What have we learned? Well, Connor wants to employ someone to just be his mum and do what she does. Also, in Japan, you get a certificate for being late, which is baffling. And if you are telling your girlfriend that you love her more than once a week, you're falling into the capitalist trap, my friend. You're a mug. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you give us a follow on all our social pipes. Get updated. Leave us a review on Apple if you can as well. That's how you listen. And you can get in touch. Info at baffledpod.com. We will see you Friday for a brand new episode where Connor explains something. Let's hope it's not how to overthrow this miserable government. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you Friday. You wonder if Connor made a government. It might be even more miserable and bleak, but who knows? Let's hope we never find out. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.